0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Post and Pints. As always, my name is Matt. Joined with me is the rest of my wonderful team, Kyle, Alex, and Dre. This is episode 31, or as I like to call it, the Louise Robles edition. But as always, we have business to discuss. And that business always involves drinking alcohol. Guys, what are we drinking
1: tonight? What do you got, Kyle?
2: Me? Oh, you're going to start with me? Changing it up. well, tonight, um, I'm trying to kill things that are inside of me, so I have dosa keys.
1: Does I that hear make like... you the most interesting man in the world, or? I don't I mean, know. It's just crap beer, and I'm kind of sad.
0: So Dre, what are you drinking?
1: I had nothing else in my fridge other than, uh, so this shit's called Moon Juice. It's like apparently a Jello shot-looking thing. So I guess. Cheers to Moon Juice.
0: I feel like that's like about five that, minutes in. Ray's going to start seeing things and he's going to be that's like, God,
2: something sexual. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, okay. Wow. I'm in college again.
0: <laughs> Alex, what are you drinking this evening?
3: I am right. drinking a Crooked Marker lemon hard tea. No sob story here. These things are just good. And pretty, uh, pretty addictive. I was pretty upset
0: when I called the company and I asked for an IV bag of that. They're just like, yeah, we don't do that. And I go,
3: well,
2: you- <laughs> well, well
3: you're fucking up.
2: It's was it was disappointing. Point. Was it as disappointing as nitro cold brew, not coming in IV bags?
1: Oh, well, you know what?
2: <sighs> this, don't even guys, get me
1: started. this is an untapped market and we got to get into it. Beer in IV bags. Let's make it happen. Boys and girls tonight.
0: I know you've all have seen that some of the coffee companies have already released their pumpkin spiced things. Well, so did the UFO brewing company from Boston, Massachusetts, because I am drinking their UFO pumpkin ale. And um, yeah, this is my favorite time of the year for this one reason, you know, because when it's August and it's 95 degrees outside, I'm thinking pumpkins.
2: That's disgusting, and that's coming from a guy that unironically drinks PBR.
1: <laughs> 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 uh,
2: it it's, goes it's down. Matt's, it's Matt's inner white girl coming out, you know? I have the, the Uggs. Uggs. He, yeah, he has the yeah. Uggs on.
0: I got the Uggs, the black leggings, and the Han Solo vest, okay? We're going to get through this. So, guys, we all sat down recently, and we decided to make some awesome changes that we believe will not only make our podcast better, but make your listening experience better. As you all know, at this point, Justin has moved on, and he will be focusing on life goals, which we are extremely happy about, and we're glad that he is still going to always be a part of this team just from the sidelines. Alex will also be adapting to his new role. He will be b- more behind the scenes, making sure that we're taking care of everything we need to outside of what's on camera alex will still be here every single episode where we get to see his beautiful shining face but he'll be making sure we're staying on time and that i don't go on long 45 minute rants there's literally a button that he like linked to my chair and if i go more than like two minutes he hits the button
3: ejecto cedo cuz
0: the best scene from that movie As always, we are going to keep doing what we do, which is drinking lots of beer, and we are going to be talking about lots of soccer. In the near future, though, we are actually going to be creating our Patreon account, where you're going to be able not only to hear what we do on every podcast, you'll be able to see stuff going on behind the scenes you never got to before. Everything will be released at a later date, but I want everyone to be extremely excited about that. There's going to be a lot of advantages to being a part of that, so you really need to keep an eye out for it. And to keep the flare going, we are still going to be introducing new segments along the way, not only in the future, but our very own Dre will be releasing one this evening. So we are extremely excited about all the new changes coming, and we're excited that you get to be a part of it. Now, boys, talk time to talk about the extremely exciting part about it. We're going down the I-95 and we're hitting up Red Bull Arena because it was the first game back from MLS's back and it was the New York Derby. NYCFC took on the New York Red Bull in a game where VAR had a pretty big hand in this game. Kyle, Dre, what were your thoughts about it?
1: I think that Chris Armas was smoking crack when he decided to release the team sheet in the lineup for this game because we're coming back off of a pitiful, pitiful tournament where even though we beat Atlanta, we wholly underperformed. And he decides to, in his starting lineup, keep Kaku out of it, which is generally the only player in the team that consistently plays well when he's not, you know kicking balls into the crowd. So that was something interesting. Um, I do like that he put Mira in that because, you know, we finally Mira gets to have the shot that he deserved to have at the beginning of the season. So that was nice. And then when it comes to the goal, that was... I, I don't know if there's enough in that for me to call it a goal. I don't know. That VAR call was weird. It also... I know we talked about this earlier, but... Is there no goal line technology? How do we have VAR in the stadiums, but no goal line technology to like, hey, there there was this much space between the ball and the line or there wasn't. So that was weird. I don't know, Kyle. What do you think?
2: I don't know. It just looked a little suspect watching him uh, move the ball like up and then hold it and stare at the ref. I'm like, that usually doesn't mean good things. Yeah.
1: This
0: was one of those games where, uh, Andre, you hit it right on the head. A team that has strikers on their roster, has forwards on
2: their roster.
0: Uh, I don't understand where you're basically playing a wide... Uh,
2: Just to to be clear, (laughs) do they actually have strikers on their roster?
0: But overall, it was a pretty... Overall, it was a pretty dull game. Not the same energy you usually get from your New York Derby. I believe maybe the fans not being there definitely makes, you know, a definite case for why the game did not feel the same. But Ryan Mira continuously shows that when he gets the opportunity to step up, he really does. He is a big-game goalie, and you really hope someone like him does stay healthy. But overall, really not... No team really went for this. New York... Went for a really, really conservative lineup, and New York City as well, kind of really matched. Not going for it. I it think it seems safe
2: of, all around. There wasn't really much like we're gonna put it on the line. We're gonna go for it in this game.
0: And and yeah. that's exactly it. I mean, the possession did lean towards NYCFC, and overall the teams created about the same chances. So I mean, really, when you look at it. I think it was just this game had the potential for being something big, but I had a feeling that being the first game back outside of the bubble, you were going to get a game where it was going to be really like, no one just wanted to make the mistake. And unfortunately, Sean Johnson, you know, he was eating popcorn prior to the game and (laughs) someone should have told him that popcorn before goal contending, not the smartest call.
2: So I have a few things as well that I took away from this game on the other side. Uh, New York City need to work on playing without Maxi Morales. They got two shots on target without their main guy. I, I was uh, just going to bring that up. They're like not the going to get very far this season if they can't get it done without him. And that's just that's just my takeaway from them and the, t- the game they played. Uh, a few things on the RB and Y side that I took away is. I think going forward, starting Kaku off the bench every game would be a mistake. I honestly get why they did it, though, and I think the Jared Stroud experiment worked. I think he needs to be involved in more games. He he really stayed with it. He pressed when he needed to. He applied pressure. He got up forward. He did everything that was asked of him in this game, and I think it's something that that attack really needed, especially... Looking at the way they played in the MLS's back tournament, I think it's not shocking to anybody that Kyle Duncan is again the breakout player for them. I mean, if there's any guy on that back four that's like earned his spot by now, it's got to be him, right? Yep. And my last takeaway is now that we've come out of MLS's back and we've kind of seen a different formation in that four, four, two coming into this game. I think we can all agree. It looks better on both sides of the ball. I think this is the, this is the kind of game style that they need to stick with going forward. Maybe not with zero strikers up front in the four, four, two, but like we'll work on it.
0: (laughs) My last points I want to make before we transition is I believe this is a great stepping stone for Tim Parker. Tim Parker had an absolutely incredible game, and I get it. You know, he's had a horrible,
2: horrible start to the season. It was refreshing to see him look like Timmy again.
0: And that's exactly it. But I happen to agree with Dre, at least on the goal decision. I, I don't think there's enough in it for that to be a goal. And the fact that the MLS has VAR but doesn't have goal line technology really leaves me scratching my head. And I feel like that's a topic that needs to be brought up.
2: We can only hope that it's addressed this offseason. Yeah. And so my my
1: last point here is well, exactly what Kyle said. It definitely hurt not having Maxi Morales on the NYCFC team. And I thought that he had come back towards the end of the, the MLS's back tournament. I thought he had, like, a game in there, so I didn't know I that he got, he like, left, I believe he something. left
2: one of the tournament games with a – I don't know if it was a calf injury. I definitely okay. think it
1: was a leg injury. So he, like, came back for a game and re-injured himself, apparently. Um, yeah. That, and then, you know, just, just to wrap it all up, I mean, you all of us here have been to Hudson River Derby games. We've been to Yankee Stadium. We've been to RBA. We've watched them on TV. This this is easily one of the more boring games of the Hudson River Derby that I've watched, and that includes the game where Chris Armas was his first game as coach where made no subs until the 85th minute in Yankee Stadium. So that loss sucked, and that was boring, and this match was not that much more exciting.
0: Uh, On to the next game Where we're going to have to take a plane We're going to have to fly all the way to LAX Because we are talking about El Trafico And when I say El Trafico I mean one way Trafico in my opinion And really overall I was disappointed with the fact that LAFC coming off of a pretty decent tournament Diego Rossi having the tournament he had You have Carlos Vela back But L.A. Galaxy seemed to have not only stepped up, but I think they stole the show. Dre, what are you thinking here?
1: Uh, I think that they made a mistake signing Chicharito if they beat their biggest rivals in the Derby game 2-0 without him. So, you know, it's too early to say whether it's a mistake or not, but clearly they can get the job done without him. And the couple games that he did play in, he hasn't had that impact you would expect a, a big-name signing to have. So maybe LA Galaxy bunkered down and played a team system more than a superstar system, and it seemed to have worked for him. On the other side of things, LAFC has all this star power in you know, Bradley White-Phillips and Diego Rossi and Carlos Veya and had nothing to show for it. That was definitely shocking to say the least. But, you know, you got you got to give it up for L.A. for
2: taking that, that victory over their crosstown rivals.
0: And Kyle, what are you thinking?
2: I'm thinking that I'm going kind of the same route as Dre, but the opposite end of that spectrum. I think without Chicharito there, it can only go up from here. You proved you can get it done without him. Hopefully he comes back, he clicks, and can only get better from there. Christian Pravon and Julian Arajo are exactly the thing. That this team needed, we saw them earlier on in the in the regular season before the shit show started, and um, their midfield didn't look good. Their back line was getting walked all over, and they didn't really do anything to fix that in the MLS's back tournament. And you know, playing like they did, pretty much for the first time all year against your rivals, has to feel good. And The other thing that's going to come from this is, uh, Ethan Zubek was brilliant the entire game. And you know what? If Chicharito doesn't work out, you have a guy that can clearly, he's going to be a guy that can get it done.
0: No, I think you guys really nailed it on the head. I mean, to take just a few points away is LAFC dominated the possession in this game. But they never seemed to really do anything with it. When you're watch yes, they had the ball. I, I looked at them like I would look at like a Manchester City. They they owned all the possession. They absolutely dominated and passes completed. But they just kept passing it around like it's Louis Van Hall's Manchester United, and they really just didn't do anything with it. LA Galaxy, though, had the right game plan here. I think they took a nice little page out of Portland's game uh Portland's playbook. Didn't have a lot of possession, but when LA Galaxy had the chances. They, they hit them on the
2: counterattack hard,
0: and they took advantage of those. But really, to add on to it, I think the bigger question here is: Could Chicharito go down as the biggest flop for at least a superstar standpoint in MLS? Time will tell. Dre's gonna finish it up.
1: So I, I started my, my my you know my rant here with you know yeah maybe Chicharito. Uh, is, is going to be a disappointing signing for them. But, you know, time will determine all that. My point is, do you guys think that LAFC maybe took the foot off the gas a bit early by, you know, doing a sub right at halftime, taking off Rodriguez, and then before the 60th minute, before the hour mark, taking off Carlos Veya? I feel like both those guys probably had a bunch left in the gas tank, and it was still a tie game at 0-0 at that point. So, I don't know. I, I, I get a sense that they maybe took the foot off the gas a little bit too early.
2: Um, at the first couple subs, yes, I agree with you. Taking off Veya, not so much. He didn't look very comfortable on that left leg. And um, he. I think it was safer to pull him out of the game at that point. Hopefully it's not something like an MCL in the knee like Bob Bradley seemed to think it was. The thing that I am taking away from this, though, on the LAFC side is, was it not a good idea for Veya to opt out of the MLS is back tournament. He looked like everybody did at the beginning of that tournament, like a guy that hadn't played soccer in a really long time. Do you think this game goes differently if Bradley gets the start and they field that same team from the tournament? That's what I would be wondering in this situation. Mm.
0: And I agree with Kyle. I think this is the first game back for some of these guys I think we're only a game or two away from Carlos Veya doing what he did against San Jose last year and make an entire team want to retire from ever playing soccer again. I just think, yes, it's always tough losing to a rival, but the one nice thing is, is there's still plenty of soccer left to play this season. And that's plenty of time for LAFC to get into that playoff mentality. And, I still have LAFC as being a top contender, but I think there are more questions from this victory on the Los Angeles Galaxy side, not starting Chicharito and what are they going to do? They got they are paying him a lot of money to be there and there's an expectation where I don't know, maybe the pressure is getting to him and him being the superstar is just a little too much.
2: Was he still injured from the uh, MLS's back? Game, I believe he came out in either their first or second game.
0: He could have, but I didn't hear anything at least along the lines of, and it was a pretty big shock over social media of him not being at least in the starting eleven. Okay, he wasn't so even on, on the
1: bench good. either. He wasn't so, in the eighteen. Yeah.
0: So that, so that, so Kyle could be correct on his point where he could have picked up an injury but la galaxy looked their best the entire year without him and i think that is what's going to pose the most questions absolutely Speak, speaking of questions we are heading down to the i would say great state of florida but they haven't been doing too many things great lately
2: it's the time for my favorite derby name of all time
0: it is time <laughs> for your favorite derby quoted by a very wise man and i don't plan on changing this name anytime soon Boys and girls, it is the Meth Gator Derby. Yes. Ladies can and we gentlemen, can we
1: can we rename the uh, Seattle Portland to the the Opioid Oyster Derby also?
0: <laughs> I'm waiting for the trademark to pop up. Nice. So we are talking Orlando versus Miami. Miami playing their first ever home game at their stadium, which is which is not in Miami. It's in Fort Lauderdale. It's about a 2 hour difference.
2: At the site of the old Miami Fusion Stadium. Different stadium, same lot, I believe.
0: You know, hey, don't mess with a good thing, right? Well, boys and girls, unfortunately, it looks like Orlando's MLS is back magic. Yeah, that carriage is definitely a pumpkin because David Beckham finally got his first win. And I bet you he's celebrating on the sidelines more than some of his players.
2: And he didn't even have to beat uh, Pizarro and play himself to do it.
0: But guys, what, what are we thinking? What are, what are the big takeaways you guys think that happened during this game?
2: Kyle, go for it. Well, to start, my biggest takeaway is uh, Carranza and Rodolfo Pizarro looked like everybody expected them to look from day one. The offense really was firing on all cylinders in this game for sure. I think that the defense still needs some bolstering. They're kind of... Lagging behind, they could not really get it done. I think Orlando did not come out looking like the same team they did during the MLS's back tournament. Maybe if that's the same team that was playing in that tournament, does those does does that side go the other way? Do they shut down Miami? I, I think they would have looked like a step back to me. The biggest thing that I'm taking from this, though, and I think we all kind of remember this clearly, is uh, Red Bull fans. I have seen a lot on the internet of people blaming uh, Luis Robles for that triple shot, right? He might be the MLS iron man, but the guy's not a superhero. (laughs) It's he never was able to make those shots at the, at those like quick saves at the beginning. That's a really hard thing to do.
1: Yeah. I think this Orlando form is definitely like like Kyle said, like a step back from the tournament, but in, in a way, it's almost like a like a like the universe correcting itself. I think they were definitely punching above their weight in the MLS's back tournament in that bubble. And, you know, Nani saved them a bunch of times, but I think that they overperformed in the MLS's back tournament, and now this is more indicative of what their regular baseline form is or should be. And, I mean, you still got to give Nani a shout-out for trying to bring the team back in it with a late goal. But... Um, yeah, they were not able to get the do- job done. And congrats to Inter-Miami for getting the the first uh, Meth Gator Derby victory to- for themselves.
0: I'm telling you right now, though. I mean, you look at it. This was the Pizarro party. And if you're an Inter-Miami fan, this is the Pizarro that you signed. This is the guy who had this was all the hype being one of your first DPs. This was, this was the hype. This guy was supposed to be the staple to your entire franchise, a goal and an assist. And he made Orlando's not only his midfield, but he made Orlando's defense look dumb and out of place. I'm excited to see where this guy is going to go from here, because if he takes this momentum And Inter-Miami every day seems to be linked with another European superstar. They already have Matuidi already en route. He was in the stadium for the game. If Pizarro starts getting some superstars around him, I think it's going to at least free him up a little bit to be more the player he wants to be. But on the opposite side, with Miami, once again, the defense did not look good again. I get Luis Robles can't do it all, but... Inter Miami got to figure out this defensive kind of like thing that's going on because they are there is no communication back there and they are giving up silly opportunities which are leading to silly goals. But Dre, it's exactly as you said it Orlando, I think they're this is the Orlando people expected. This is the Orlando where you know what? I think your description was perfect. They're punching above their weight class. This is. You know Floyd Mayweather going against Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson gonna punch a bitch. The
2: carriage and turned back and into... rock his world. The carriage turned back into a pumpkin a bit late though.
0: Oh uh, well, I mean if you're talking about pumpkins, let me just say that this second UFO pumpkin beer is going down nice and smooth.
2: <laughs> let me just get my mic a little closer so you can under. <laughs> I
0: didn't hear you. What was that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was too. I was too busy. You know, wearing my yoga pants and my UGG boots.
2: I'm sorry. Did you say you were wearing yoga pants? I'm just, give me a minute. I just threw up in my mouth.
0: (laughs) But that brings us to our final game, which is Portland versus Seattle, the Cascadia cup, as they call it up there. But Dre is already trying to get the legal paperwork done. There is two hours and 45 minutes in between the Seattle Sounders, CenturyLink Field, and Portland Timbers Stadium on the I-5, going north or south, depending on where you're going. But Portland being the winners of MLS is back. Well, boys and girls, whatever they're drinking up in Portland, they didn't stop drinking it because they looked sluggish. They looked out of place and they did not look good. And Seattle took advantage of every single last opportunity. I'll leave it up to you guys to start, but what do you think went wrong for Portland? And what do you think went right for Seattle?
1: Dre? Seattle scored three goals and Portland scored zero. So that's what went right for Seattle and the that's way what I went wrong it. for Portland.
2: Well, the way I see it is Portland's going to have to start scoring more goals if they want to win these games.
0: Yeah. Back to you, back to you, Joe Buck. No, back to you, Chris Collins. <laughs> It's 3rd and 10, and they're going to need at least 10 yards for this first down.
2: Uh, Yes. Uh,
0: That's the things that get me through Sunday night football, boys and girls. I want you to all know that.
2: It certainly isn't Joe Buck. And it certainly isn't the action on the field.
0: The way I see it, they're going to need at least three strikes to strike out this batter.
1: I hate you now. Oh, God. No, th- this game definitely had a, a slow start. You know, most of the goals, all of the goals came after the hour mark. So uh, both teams, I don't know if they had some rust coming out of the out of the bubble or what it was, but they were definitely slow to start. And then Portland just had no answer for Seattle. They put in three unanswered goals for a clean sheet. So I, I really hope that Portland isn't just falling apart, you know, celebrating this tournament as if they, they won the MLS Cup already and then Like, oh, yeah, we don't got to worry about the rest of the season now. So I really hope that's not their mentality because there's still a lot of soccer left to be played, a lot of the season left to be played, and it would be pretty crappy of them to, you know, give up this early.
2: Yeah, it definitely seemed a bit out of place for both of those teams, of all teams, to, like, come out and just play it safe and not really do any attacking in most of the first half. It just seemed very out of place. To say the least, I think I do give credit to Seattle for forcing those offsides for that first, uh, that first no goal. That was, that was amazing on their part. This though was a story on how the Timbers lost the game. The last 20 minutes, that defense fell apart. They looked atrocious. That communication that's always there with Chara and, it just, it wasn't there. And I think it started on almost, not to say that it was, wasn't a great goal, but it started on almost a fluke of a goal. Like you go back and you take that first Rodriguez goal, like five more times. I don't think he makes it all five times. He smashed that ball so hard that that goalie just couldn't react and it was going where it was going. That's it. And that was enough momentum. To push them forward, and they capitalize on the mistakes. But that's the plus of of um, that's the plus of having Diaz on your team. He's just this strange human where he'll take a shot, he'll miss it. It might be a terrible miss. He acts like he doesn't give a shit. Unlike most players, it doesn't get in his head and he doesn't dwell on it. He just, oh well, I'll take another shot again later, and I'll probably make that one. He just can come right back, and he doesn't let it get to him.
0: And you know what? You hit it right on the head. Roy Diaz is a guy. I mean, let's bring it back to earlier, you know, a couple weeks ago. Justin literally called that Roy Diaz is his player to watch out for after MLS is back. And I'm telling you right now, if he continues the form that he's on, he absolutely terrorized that Portland defense, a defense that we marked the best defense in MLS is back. So... When he's doing things like that to teams that are built to sit back the way Portland do, it's a lot of concern for the rest of the MLS because if he's finding the holes that he found in that Portland defense, I think Roy Diaz could be making a very strong push for being probably one of the better finishers or best forward in the league, especially with Joseph Martinez being out for the rest, uh, at least for a few more months. But overall, Portland just looked very hungover. Portland, I believe, just came into this game still on the high of winning MLS's back. But unfortunately, when you're playing your biggest rival, you can't have that mentality. And Seattle gave them the reality check that I believe Portland needed. Um, overall, bragging rights are going to go up north where they definitely belong, at least until their next match. But you, it's like you guys said, it, it was a really, like, a, it, it was really good locked up for that first hour, that first hour, it's very similar to the New York Derby where it didn't seem like anyone wanted to take the risk and more people were just worried about making the mistake. No one wanted to make the mistake. And then at the hour mark, substitutions start to happen. And then you realize, okay, let's take a risk for it. And the second the play started to open up a bit, that's when all the opportunities for Seattle started to come into place. But this is the Seattle team people expected in MLS's back. This is the Seattle team people expected at the beginning of the year to make a run to be back-to-back MLS Cup champions.
2: It could happen again. Let's not remember the team that Seattle knocked out of the tournament to win their MLS Cup and got their big role going on.
0: No, you and you are 100% correct. boys. MLS's back action just ended tonight as Columbus did fall to the New Jersey City FC. I'm sorry, NYCFC. I keep forgetting. I don't know what stadium they play in anymore.
2: They so started just, Jesse Zardes again, not Jossie Zardes, didn't they? That's the mistake. It's,
0: it's unfortunate that, you know, sometimes the coach forgets to put the wrong name on the roster. You just write the
2: name wrong. They think you're talking about a different guy. It's It happens. <laughs> To quote
0: a guy on this podcast who's not talking tonight, it, it depends on what style top ramen you're putting in the cup, and that's what's going to lead to your specific types of games. But, boys and girls, as we talked about at the beginning of the episode, we have a new segment that we will be ending with, back by popular demand.
2: Yeah, we, are,
0: we are going in on what... You know what? I'm not going to explain it here. I'm going to let the man who's going to run this part of the show,
1: Dre, please take it away for... What are we talking about? Th- thanks for the introduction, Matt. So, like he said, back by popular demand of absolutely no one, I am going to be leaning into and fully embracing the farmer's market mentality that everyone throws at me, whether it's Bundesliga or whether it's my crappy Ukrainian team, and I am going to be introducing the Farmers League Minute, where every week I will be talking about some really crappy, shitty team or some really crappy, shitty league from around the world and giving you all the information that you absolutely did not ask for, just for fun. And I think for the inaugural episode, there's nothing better to talk about than my hometown club, and then we'll move on from there in the weeks going forward. So, whew, where do I begin? Everyone's heard of Carpatia at this point and how... They got relegated and went bankrupt, and then all that stuff that happened there, the you know ball went over the fence and the dog took it, and they were too scared to get it back and all that good stuff. So karpat got relegated to the third tier of the Ukrainian soccer pyramid. I can't even find out when the season starts. I literally don't know. Like The website doesn't say. It's not on any soccer apps. I, Transfer market doesn't even tell me, so I don't even know when the next game is. So there's that. The head coach, I guess, either left or was fired. I'm assuming he just left because like, I'm not going to coach literally amateurs in the third tier. You guys don't pay me enough in the first place. Most of the players that were on the team left. So right now, the average age of the entire Carpata Lviv squad is 20 years old. That's the average age, factoring into the oldest players as well. It literally so what, you got is, like a six-year-old center back or something like that? It literally is everyone from the Youth Academy before that, like, hey, we'll pay you $100 a week. Oh, yeah, sure, I'll play. (laughs) Like, yeah, the average age is so low because it's literally the Youth Academy. I don't know where we even found our new coach or whatever, but we have one somewhere. And I literally can't tell you more because they might be playing in such a farmer's field somewhere that I don't even know when the game is next time, so... That's the update for the first week. I will bring updates as I get them.
0: I'm telling you right now, I might rush through our episodes just so I can hear. Because Dre's not going to tell us. So the key thing, as we've discussed, Dre is not going to tell us what random fourth division Switzerland football team he's going to be talking about. I'm actually excited to hear what he's going to be talking about. And we're all going to learn something new. And you know what? There's gonna be some random team in the fifth division of Finland who I'm gonna be like, you know what? That's my team.
1: I I them. have I have a pretty cool idea for what the next like three or four or four or five uh, teams are gonna be, and I think next week when you guys hear my introduction, I think you're gonna you're gonna like the journey I'm gonna take
2: you guys on. Please so, tell me you're gonna do an entire minute, an entire Farmers League minute on uh, PSG losing and Neymar crying. <laughs> he had to get hugs from alaba you know poor baby
1: Mwah.
0: you guys are like what what soccer game are you talking about cuz i just don't watch anything outside of the mls
2: oh you see it was the other tournament not the one where manchester united lost to sevilla it's okay but, i got friendly, the other one.
0: it's okay i got a friendly reminder from my wife that manchester united lost to sevilla so i mean what am i gonna do <laughs> You know it's you late. hit rock. It's too you late.
1: S- you put a ring on it. It's yeah. too late. Thanks for
0: reminding me. Hey, guys. So we have one fan question tonight from someone who's been contributing a lot. Foot Loking. Dude, thank you so much for the question, and thank you for all the love you give us. He had a simple question for us. Uh, we do do our weekly picks challenge, so this will actually be on the picks challenge. But overall, his question was, guys, New England Revolution or DC United? I'll let you guys actually go on it. I mean, I'll go last, but go ahead.
2: You know what? I've never picked DC United for anything before in my life, and I'm not going to start now. Agreed. Yeah, DC can go screw themselves. I'm, I'm going
1: New England. Bruce Arena.
2: Go away, New England. Stuff. The way New England's been playing and the way DC's been playing, DC needs a little more help than just what they have on roster, I think. And New England is starting to look more and more like a complete threat. So I definitely give it to New England.
3: Alejandro? Uh, I'm actually with the rest of the group. I would definitely say New England.
0: And you know what? DC does have a good team. Like, I'm not here to knock DC. DC does have a decent roster, and they would take on you know, other opponents in this league, uh, with this roster. But I, I do agree with the rest of you. Um, I think the new England revolution and what Bruce arena is building down there is definitely a winning format. And I'm telling you right now, I think the revs got this. So we want to thank you very much for the question, dude. Thank you so much. Let's talk about what is pissing us off because boys and girls, even though the podcast format is changing, What's pissing us off will never change.
2: It's always something.
0: I'll I'll open the floor to you guys. I have like four or five different ideas, and I'm going to pick one. Someone go first.
1: I think I can start this one off. What is pissing me off this week is that despite being a Bayern fan and being very, very happy about Bayern being the better of the Farmer League teams in the Champions League final, despite Bayern winning a treble – Despite Lewandowski being the highest goal scorer in all of Europe, all, all competitions, despite, go, despite all of that, despite Bayern winning every single game and not losing one all the way through the Champions League, I am pissed off that Lewandowski did not score in every single goal. He did not get a goal in the final Champions League final game, so that's pissing me off. He scored in every other game along the way, except this one. I owe you an apology because I thought this was gonna be another
0: rant on like, why don't they have the ball d'eau? He should win the day or. Like I was waiting for like that for like four or five minutes and I would have That's just like went. four or
2: five different segments. We don't yeah. have time. So, so Kyle, also what... he should have won the Ballon or Okay, and you're out. Kyle, what's going on? You know what? Normally there'd be something. Normally there's always something. But you know what? You can't bring me down this week. So I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before. I am a pretty big A.S. Roma fan in Syria. So for years, I have wanted this team to sell. For years, they finally sold. There's a new ownership group. And then, as if things couldn't get better, right, the sun rears its ugly head, and they say, hey, you know those three guys that you depend on to win games? You're going to get rid of them. And not even an hour later, the new ownership group, My heroes went, no, that's not going to happen. They're all untouchable. Just, you should probably stop talking. And I'm just sitting here riding a high because Roma's finally not run by fucking morons.
0: Uh, Hold on. Uh, Alex, I'm going to need you to try him in here. The segment is what's what's pissing you off, not what gets you a boner at 2 o'clock in the morning.
3: You know, with Kyle, sometimes I can't tell. Sometimes (laughs) I can't tell when it comes to Kyle. I've been living with him for a little over a year now. And he's either angry or he's walking around with a boner. But usually, they—they're—it's at the same time.
2: You guys don't get spite boners, Kyle. Okay. Boners, I get—I get, you're I get, right get right angry boners sometimes.
0: Right now. Wow, things I didn't think I would be talking about today on a soccer podcast. But you hey, Alex, how about at least once? Alex, yes. you were behind the scenes and you're doing an awesome job keeping us in line. But I'm going to ask you kindly what's pissing you off this week.
3: You know, I was going to go with you going over our rent and, or your time limit, but you did good this week. You did really – I said you did well this week. Come on, man. Now, uh, this week – fuck, I didn't put much thought into this. i am probably have to go with my laptop. My laptop is uh, slowly but surely shooting out on me, and it's making it really hard to work, not just for this podcast, but for my day-to-day lives. And, yeah, I got I to gotta go to an Apple store soon, it looks like. <laughs> so <laughs> so if you guys – I was gonna hold me as I cry and give Apple like three thousand dollars for a laptop.
2: <laughs> and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna touch him in the back with my hate boner.
3: But I'll accept it. I'm gonna go now because this is just gonna get keep getting sexual. Probably.
0: Uh, that's okay. I don't even know how I'm supposed to top all this. I guess like not a topping conversation, but Oh, it's uh, very what, much a
2: topping conversation. <laughs>
0: what's pissing me off this week is for the first time in a very long time. I have some separate finances that's not going into buying a home and not paying for a wedding where I'm able to actually go and get a tattoo. Like, oh my God, it's been like three years since I've gotten tattooed and I desperately want to get tattooed. Hey, so I reach up my four or five people I know who tattoo. Oh yeah, dude, sure, I'll squeeze you right in. Our next appointment's in December.
3: Yep, I'm on the same boat as you, buddy.
0: And I'm sitting here like, yeah, I'm not going to have free money in December. I have free money now. Oh, yeah, we, we can't squeeze you in. Yep. Uh, okay, cool. I'm just going to go lie under the covers and cry for a while. Because forget <laughs> it, you know? I Because mean, by December, I don't even want the tattoo. Like, I'm going to want something else.
2: He'll always want his Bruno Fernandez tattoo.
0: No, I want my slab head tattoo. I want a big <laughs> back piece slab head.
2: Just wait a couple weeks and get the mugshot tattooed. Oh, there you go. Wait.
0: So, boys and girls... We can go on and on and on and on about the wonderful things in this beautiful universe that piss us off. But you're going to have to wait until next week when we talk about it. Like I said before, please keep an eye out. Our Patreon account will be up in the upcoming weeks. Alex will be working on it. and He's he's giving us a sneak peek, and I'm telling you right now, I want to give him more than a tip, but that's just me. Not me. Episode
3: just the tip.
0: Just the tip. Kyle is giving just the tip and Dre is giving
3: the shaft. Here, here's a little secret Kyle's all tip. Doing?
0: Kyle's oh.
2: all tip.
3: All tip
0: baby. You
2: weren't supposed to tell people.
3: <laughs> oh, so big!
0: <laughs> Episode 31 is in the books, boys and girls. It is just the beginning of, I guess, the MLS season, so that means we have plenty more shenanigans to talk about and many more things to piss us off. Good God. Um, I'm going to need more beer. But, ladies and gentlemen, episode 31 is in the books. Uh, hey, kids, say bye to the pretty people.
2: Bye. I'm having a mental break.
1: What's up, everybody? It's Dre, and thanks for listening to another episode of Posts and Pints. We appreciate the support. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of our social media is at Posts and Pints. We are also launching soon a Patreon, so definitely check that out to support us. Make sure you tell your family and friends to support us. Remember, the banter is free, and the wet-ass P-word is not (laughs) included. Cheers.